Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and Julie, we're back. It is October the 13th. We're finally back from living in the mountains in North yes. Carolina. We're back in Puerto Rico. Indeed. Talk about complete opposite lifestyle. I know. <laughs> yes, completely opposite, but it, that's good. That's what makes life interesting, right? It, it does indeed. And I uh, had a wonderful time with you and happy uh, 29th wedding yes. anniversary and all the rest of it. Absolutely. And we're back in the saddle. So on today's show and probably tomorrow's show, we are going to be talking about one of our evergreen topics right from our book, which is rich is where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. Now, the reason that we're focusing in on this topic is because frankly, a lot of you are experiencing better cash flow than you, or at least revenue than you have in many years. Um, and maybe because of the pandemic, people are, you know, y- your business is taking off. I was just on a coaching call with um, someone in Charleston and his business is really going to different levels. And he said he was giving me an example of like, a year ago. He said him and his wife were uh, sitting on the couch and they were lamenting about the fact that their finances weren't where they thought they would be at their age. And now a year, uh, you know, passes. And now he says they've really never had this much money in the bank and they're looking into investing and they're doing other things financially that they didn't think they would be able to. Now, there's a combination of things that happened. Obviously, he decided to take his business seriously, maybe do some things, a lot of things he didn't want to do and didn't want to do them at the highest level. And uh, all those things are true. But what is mostly happening in the market right now is we're seeing a real, I don't know, an amplification of um, the importance of owning hard assets, but also, so you have a lot of people who are making financial decisions to buy real estate, but you're also seeing uh, a real, I think, a, a surge. I don't know how to even express it. I, I, when Julie and I were traveling and we were reading magazines and magazine stands and obviously, you know, all these types of things, there definitely is a lot, are, are, you're going to see a huge surge of people who are basically in their own way saying you only live once and you're dead a real long time. And so we might as well start enjoying life more. That's right. And the pandemic's not even over yet, right? We don't even have that a vaccine yet. So if what we're, like when we are in Murphy, North Carolina, of all places, which is at best an hour from anything that you would call civilized, yeah, the real estate market was on fire. Things were selling in all different price ranges, incredibly, you know, ridiculously um, short days in the market with competing offers, the whole thing. You never would have thought that had been happening in the mountains in the middle of North I Carolina. I just hung up with a coaching client in uh, Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge area. And she had eight showings set up yesterday. Four of them have already sold. So we're already down to four, just like that. Just like that. So what's going on? Well, people obviously are taking advantage of interest rates and whatnot, but there clearly is a psychological shift. And I don't think there's very many people that truly think in terms of like, well, I better take my money out of the stock market and put it into hard assets like real estate. There's very few people that think like that. What mostly we're experiencing, and we think the momentum for this is just getting started, is we're seeing a lot of people again that are going to start saying, I'm not going to wait. I'm going to start enjoying life because you never know. That same type of uh, behavioral reaction happened after the housing crash. It was called frugality fatigue. You had a lot of people, fun terms like staycations were started back then. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing a, uh, an interview with Valerie Fitzgerald. You know, some of you guys know who she is. She's one of the nation's biggest agents. And she used the term uh, staycation. I remember she told me that she had a Bentley 
that she sold and she was thinking about getting a Prius because of the fact that she was worried about looking ostentatious in her Bentley and the rest of it. Of course, then you fast forward a year and she's back, you know, traveling to Paris and driving her Bentley. But so uh, that's what happens is people behaviorally, uh, they're going to start looking more towards living for today. Um, and maybe it's going to work out financially for them. Maybe it won't, but it doesn't really matter. What you need to realize is that as far as uh, in the real estate industry, you are absolutely in the right place at the right time. You're going to have more of an opportunity uh, than maybe you've had in the last even 20 years to make money because you have demographics on your side. You have all these changes that are happening in the housing market. You have interest rates, which are going to pretty much locked in to stay low for at least five years. So make the most of it. But here's the problem that most of us, all of us, um, don't know how to basically deal with money. And so what we all have, all have a tendency to do, think about what I just said, is we're going to spend it. And that's what humans do. Our, our monkey brains basically are not hardwired to basically keep more than maybe a couple months worth of bananas in the banana drawer, right? And after that, if we have an abundance of bananas, we, you know, we eat them or we, we give them away or whatever. We, we barter them for coconuts. I don't know. But you have to assume that your uh, logic or your thinking or your software that comes to basically keeping money, let alone ha having your money accumulate for you, you have to assume that your pre-coded thinking with regards to money is faulty. Mine is, Julie says, that's the reason that Julie and I bought real estate back in our 20s and into our 30s and frankly all the way up till now. And when we buy real estate, we do our best to make it so that, you know, it is locked. It is basically in a money vault. You know, we put the money in the real estate. The real estate essentially goes into a, a couple different uh, entities and then we can't access it because we don't, you know, in a lot of ways, we don't trust ourselves. But that's worked for us over the past 30 years. And similar things, you know, people are forced to invest in the stock market and things like that. That's the type of thing where you are trying to work against yourself. In other words, you're trying to move towards a better, brighter financial future. And you don't trust your, frank, frankly, your, you know, your monkey brain and its, uh, its preconceived notions about scarcity. So all these things go back to the fact that you really have to address those shortcomings. You can't, and I don't think you can, really think your way out of it. You just have to put systems in place to make it so that you are going to rise to higher financial levels. And we talk about this and it's in it's rule number 17 in our book, Harris Rules. Um, and so again, just rounding the bend so Julie can read her first point, make sure that you are clear about uh, what your profit, what your goal is in your business is to turn a profit, right? Your product and your business is a profit. If you're not making profit, you're never going to be able to have enough money left over to then put to work for you to accumulate a more wealth. And that, and ultimately, if you do this right, you're going to get to the point where your money is truly working for you. You no longer have to work for your money. At least you don't have to worry about money because the nature of the money that you're earning goes to doing fun things in life and not having to worry about buying food and utilities because you have enough money coming in to cover all your hard expenses. Did I explain all that right, Julie? You did. I've got just a couple of, uh, to continue the tee up, that's a, a pretty good segue here. So let's just consider that most people, I think you'll agree with this, get into real estate because they've fallen in love with the myth of the entrepreneur. They believe the made-up fantasy that real estate will deliver them to a boss-free life with nobody telling them what to do or when to do it. They believe they can buy leads and sell their lead generation and set it to autopilot. They believe they can build teams with loyal minions who will do all the hard work for them while they're enjoying being famous from all their incredibly, seemingly effortless success. <laughs> I think that was pretty good for one paragraph, summing yeah. all that up. But of course, they believe that they will have unlimited income and freedom in a world where everyone is a billionaire and drives a Bugatti. But then the hard truth settles in. So sure, you don't have a boss. And sure, you control your schedule. So two out of three isn't bad. But financial success or even financial stability eludes most people. Most agents burn out faster than a cheap flashlight at a home inspection. 
So if you started in real estate to be rich, let's define what rich really means and the thousands of successful clients that we have coached in our coaching. Okay, rich is when your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. We talked about that. That means, let's. so we're going to take them over a series of podcasts, probably two or three. We're going to actually take them from where they probably are now to actually understanding how to get to where your money's actually working for you. Okay, so it means that all the living expenses you worked out in our earlier stuff, you know, like in the real estate treasure map and all of those things. So by the way, real estate treasure map, we give you for free. It's your fill in the blank business plan. It is an absolute, incredibly effective tool for really getting your mind right about what your goals, what, you know, essentially putting profit first and then working all your other goals backwards. Most of you guys don't make any profit in your business and it doesn't matter real estate or otherwise because of the fact that you're just assuming that profit is the natural byproduct from having generated a bunch of revenue and done a, a bunch of transactions. Well, that is a huge mistake because what often happens is the agents that are selling the most houses, unless they are essentially taking a business approach like we prescribed to everyone in Harris Rules, you're gonna discover on the other end of that is no profit. Matter of fact, you could very easily be running a not-for-profit business involuntarily because because you're spending all of your money for the sake of generating those transactions. And that's what normally happens. Um, so the real estate treasure map is available for you for free, as well as a bunch of other books and guides, including the ultimate agent survival guide. And it's part of our free coaching program. That's right. Free coaching program. It to costs a total of nothing. So all you have to do is text the word survival to 31996. Text the word survival to 31996. And when you do, we're going to text you back a link. And that link is going to entitle you to a free membership uh, in the uh, the free coaching program. And by coaching program, I mean live coaching. You will receive a semi-private um, a semi-private coaching call every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So just text the word survival to 31996. Okay, so what, what reminded Tim to tell you about that is that we're going to have a little basic assumption here that you have worked out some math, you know what your basic living expenses actually are. So then we move on to your master plan for financial freedom. Now, quick disclaimer here, we are not a tax accountant, we are not your attorney, consult trusted professionals, but here is your plan. Okay, first, here are some assumptions. You currently owe on a home with a mortgage. Possibly multiple homes with mortgages. That could be rentals, second homes, vacation homes, but at least your actual home. Okay, here's another assumption. You probably have some debt to pay off aside from your mortgage. Maybe that's credit cards, student loans. It could be tax debt. Uh, next assumption, your desire is to be truly financially free. And last, you are willing to you are willing and able to stay focused for long periods of time and follow a path even when it feels daunting. Now, that's kind of the hard part, isn't it? Okay, so know that life is about base hits. Waiting for the winning lottery ticket is not your path to becoming rich. Know that everything worth having will take two or three times longer than you think it will or that it should. Know that you will be tempted to make course corrections or hit the easy button all the time, but don't do it. Know that the values of your assets will go up and down and volatility will scare the pants off of you. These are all the assumptions that we have to start with. Anything that you'd like to add to that? No, I mean, I'm going to always go back. Anytime you're thinking about money, I it's really, it's almost a waste of time to try to change what ultimately will be your behavior about money. You have to assume that your software, your hardwiring is not designed for you to accumulate anything. You have to assume that. Even if it's not completely true, if you assume that, then it's going to put you, open your mind to a, you know, 
creating systems that'll help you with the wealth accumulation. Otherwise, what you're going to do is you're going to, if your reaction was, well, I can accumulate money. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to read some books. That's just your ego, basically. Um, that's, you know, maybe setting yourself up for failure. If you want to know what the probability of you accumulating money and accumulating wealth, ask yourself, are you where you want to be financially now? Do you have enough money right now that if you chose to take six months off, you wouldn't have to work anymore? Have you accumulated enough money that you can literally live off your investments at this point? Well, if you haven't done those things, it's because A, you probably never had them as your goal, but B, had you even had them as your goal, you would have known how to do it. So you have to assume what I'm saying is true about not having the, you know, the software or the hardwire uh, to really understand how to accumulate wealth. And that's okay. So what Julie is walking you into is assume that you don't and then create systems around you that will force you to actually accumulate the wealth. That way, almost by accident, you're going to uh, find yourself at the other end of this conversation having actually, you know, you'll, you'll be rich. Where your money works for you, you no longer have to work for your money. That's right. And you don't have to fully understand the plan, but you do have to fully systematize it. You kind of have to out, outwit yourself on some level and just trust. So here's master plan level one. And again, we're going to go through all this for the majority of this week. So master plan level one. Okay, so here is where the rubber meets the road for many of you. Become and remain a prolific earner. Make as much net income as you can as fast as you can. Now, this is where we spend a lot of time in coaching, you know, helping them understand where money actually, where's the profit in your real estate practice. So that's why you memorize things like, you know, lead generation is the most important thing. If you stink at that, you can stop right there. Well, proactive lead generation, right. right? And that's where you guys, you cannot conflate lead generation with proactive lead generation because lead generation has become the biggest black hole of, that's uh, for sure. you know, it's been, it's the really the biggest profit destroyer that there ever has been because agents will buy leads. It's become normalized to spend money generating leads. There's nothing wrong with spending money to generate leads. Don't get me wrong uh, about that. But you have to learn how to proactively generate leads before you then start spending money to generate leads. And what you might discover is once you learn how to proactively generate leads, you'll never want to spend money to generate leads because you won't have to because you'll have enough leads coming from the actual know-how because you can generate them yourself. And that's what the most successful, the wealthiest, truly wealthiest agents in the country, they know. They're not spending a lot of time buying leads or thinking about how to buy leads or schemes to create Facebook ads and you know all these other things. What they're doing is they're going first and maybe only to the things that they know will generate leads, The you know, frankly, the fastest it'll be the most profitable leads because they didn't have to buy them. And that's what we teach you. That's called proactive lead generation. That's one of the main core elements of our coaching company. Yes, that's right. And so those agents who know how to proactively lead generate actually have far fewer leads than agents who collect them by paying for them. They have better quality and fewer leads. So that's something to sort out. Remember, this is all part of your level one. Also, be tax wise. Assume your CPA is not going to save you anything. Actually become literate on how to legally manage your taxes, including all the benefits of starting an LLC, an S-Corp, etc. Be careful who you listen to for financial advice. Nearly all professionals who offer financial advice, regardless of their title, are salespeople on some level. They get a commission if you take their advice. So actually educate yourself. Don't just trust that because you've got a CPA that they know anything about managing your actual business and your tax situation. That's really a hard thing to uh, lesson to learn because most of us think we turn our stuff over to the accountant and the accountant's going to then look for all your little opportunities to you know maximize your uh, tax savings. And the fact is, none of them are very rarely do they do it. As a matter of fact, what they'll usually do is they'll tell you not to do it or they'll tell you you know ways to 
uh, you know, home office deduction. Well, you know what, Julie, you maybe not want to take that because this, the other thing. Well, what they're getting paid to do is get your tax return done. They're not yeah. getting paid to save you money on your taxes. They're just basically churning out the tax return, filing it, telling you what you owe, moving on to the next one, charging you whatever they're going to charge you. So true wealth planning is only going to happen when you essentially have the wealth to plan for. You know, you have to have the profit from your business then to look to invest. And then what happens is a lot of people fall into the, the you know, the clause of people that are, I'm a wealth planner. Well, what they really are is Julie, what Julie just said. They are, you know, financial advisors, but they're salespeople. And until you got to explore that. Uh, Tony Robbins wrote a great book on that. I don't remember the name of it. It's called... Uh, money mastered the game, and he also wrote one called Unshakable. Oh, good job! I can't believe you had that. Yeah, it's in the book. <laughs> yeah, so read those two books. Those are those are good books. And what he what he does is he cuts through the whole financial planning industry. And I'll tell you what the punchline for both books are: um, buy index funds and buy uh, index funds from uh, what is it called again? Vanguard. Vanguard we'll index fund. Yeah, we're going to get there. We'll talk about that in the next few days. But also, note, you guys are in the real estate business. You should seriously be thinking about, obviously, accumulating rental properties, too. And again, that can be a tricky ball of wax as well, because you could find yourself uh, with a lot of negative cash flow. And we're going to talk about that in an upcoming show as well. Yes. So back to master plan level one. Okay, so this is kind of laying out your basic plan and cleaning up your financial act to a great degree. Next, save 10% minimum off the top of every single check. Then work up to 20% off the top of every cent that you earn. Put the money into an account that is not easily accessible. Also, this is a common thing I see amongst coaching clients. Don't mix that and call that your tax money, right? So you've got savings that is actually savings. It's not called savings mixed up with whenever I find out what I owe in my taxes. The tax is a separate account for most of you, 20 to 25% should be spun off into a tax account, which also tells you you need to be managing your taxes better. But uh, these are minimum standards. Now, what do agents usually do? They get their commission check. They pay their regular bills that you know are due right now. Maybe there's something left over. Maybe there's not. They don't send anything away for taxes or save it. And they hopefully save something, You know, maybe when they get both sides of a transaction, maybe when they get a little bit better check than normal. But that's not a plan. This is a plan. 10% off the top for savings, 20 to 25%, depending on your state and your tax situation. And then you have an operations account and you get to spend what's left, not the opposite. By the way, when you follow what Julie's plan is, most of you won't have to pay 20 or 25% on your federal taxes. And if you happen to live in a state with no state taxes, well, then you're, you're, you know, ahead. you're, you're ahead. But the, the reality of it is, is what she said is incredibly important. When you get in $1,000, $50, $500,000, when you get money that comes in, off the top, you have to peel away money for savings and you have to peel away money for your tax account because there's two things that every agent has to lo- usually learn the, long, uh, the hard way is how to save and how to basically uh, not go into debt with the IRS. I mean, those are two constant pains that seems like everyone knows to avoid. I need to save money and I need to make sure I pay my taxes. And yet every single re- real estate agent seems to like to have those bad experiences well, before they actually believe it. not taken out of their check for them. That's right. But it is the bottom line because they're going to go out and spend it. Yeah, it's discipline. <laughs> yeah. You know, if, if you had a job job like many of you did before you got into real estate, you didn't. You probably weren't behind on taxes because it was done for you. So you have to recreate that. That's part of the entrepreneurial myth is that all of that basically takes care of itself. Well, well, let's talk about our first year. Our first year in business where Julie and I sold over 100 houses our first year. This is when in our early 20s. We did not know anything that we're telling you now. That's for sure. <laughs> okay, but we also didn't we didn't spend all of our money. We were saving money because we were working so hard we didn't really have anything to spend it on. 
Um, but yeah, the year passes over and, and then sure enough, we have this tax bill. And the tax bill is like, holy crap, that's more than the amount of money we'd earned like the previous five years combined, this stupid tax bill that we had. And I, it was, this is exactly what happened. We'd broken all these records. We were getting a lot of attention from, at the time, REMAX and National Association of Realtors and all these other things. This was before the internet. So we were in the, uh, the National Association of Realtors magazine, which back then was sort of like the Bible of real estate. It was mm-hmm. a long time ago, right? Yeah. But we then get a referral from Remax International. Do you remember that one? I do. And the referral basically covered all of our federal tax bills. So saved they, our butts. Saved now, our butts. Now, that is known as luck, yeah. not a plan. Yeah, they said That was a gift from the real estate gods. I'm pretty sure that's the only one we ever got from them, too. Well, or darn close right. to it. But, I mean, it was, yeah. without that one referral, we would have been Toast. behind in our taxes after our first year in the business. Yeah, but that's so common amongst agents. And, as, you know, it's worse when that happens to you more than once because you start to believe that, you know, it'll just it'll just take care of itself. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get a bigger deal. I'm going to double dip something, and it'll just take care of itself. I have to get ready for Premiere, but I want you, this is the last section of uh, Master Level 1, to talk about having reserves, because that's the other thing most agents don't have. Go through it. Is to have at least, this is a bare minimum, bare minimum, at least three months of reserves. And really, you need to have a minimum of six months of reserves. When we say reserves, we're talking about to cover your basic monthly income. And we're not even talking about your business expenses, just your basic survival, your mortgage or your rent, your grocery bill, gas in your car, you know, all of the basic things. Insurance, I can't believe how many agents run around with no health insurance. Um, you know, there's even brokers that, and I can't believe this is legal, don't have E&O insurance. You have to have insurance. So the basic stuff, right? And then you build that up. So um, consider keeping your actual reserve in a safe or in a bank account that you do not have a checkbook against, that you do not have a debit card against, so that it will be actual savings and not just a slush fund that you get to blow when you have a bad day. And so if you want, look, the average American has $400 saved. And at when the pandemic hit, basically in April, had it not been for the PPP and the EIDL and whatever other things that the SBA came out with, how many of you guys would have been Ooh. flat broke? is a vast majority of agents would have been flat broke after 90 or 120 days. Many businesses were are flat broke because people just don't know how to save. So if you have, again, your goal should be whatever your monthly overhead is, times at least, you know, start out with 90 days, then move to six months. As far as like when you go to wealth, uh, paying off debt and, you know, credit cards and all that, we're going to talk about that um, on a future show this week. But really, Julie and I, we're not completely on the same page with what should happen first with regards to paying off those ancillary debts. But really, at the end of the day, with so much uncertainty happening in um, you know the world, I think we'll agree, Julie, that they should definitely have at least 90 days worth of cash reserves. Minimum. Yeah. Minimum. Because that goes by so fast, right? right? But I wonder how many yeah. are going to do it because they know they think the SBA will bail them out with another PPP well, loan. I mean, it is a slippery slope. And it again, once you've had that once, you start to believe that right. that's always going to be out there. But you know, nobody can predict that. And that's not a plan. And that is actually probably what's going to happen again, because it looks like there's going to be another round of PPP money coming out. Yeah, but this, this is not, you know, I mean, it's <laughs> how sustainable. It's not going to be the rest of your life. It's just going to be maybe during pandemic times. I know. Who knows? But again, it's not a plan. So by being consistent with your savings, your 10% off the top of every check, you can make your own plan. So uh, Julie's off to Premier Coaching. Make sure those of you who are in the program are attending the coaching call live every day. Thank you for yeah. the podcast, Julie. Sure. Welcome uh, back. Yeah, welcome back indeed. So here's the interesting thought for all of you. First of all, it, I did mention this, and it's worth paying attention to. 
It does appear that there's going to be another round of PPP money that's going to come out. It does appear that the people who are given PPP money before will be given the PPP money again. As soon as Julie and I have real drill down information on that, we're going to share it with you guys the same day. It'll be on our website, timandjulieharris.com. And obviously we'll talk about it on this podcast. Um, and the PPP money, if assuming you are meet, you know, you're checking all the boxes, that loan turns into a grant. You don't have to pay it back. It looks like that same exact, those same exact parameters are going to be what's going to be in place this time around as well. So pay attention to that. Um, and maybe you qualify, maybe you don't. Maybe you qualified before, but maybe this time you won't. It doesn't really matter. Just make sure that you are uh, observant of it. Because look, it's let's set aside the um, morality of whether or not people, the government, should be redistributing money. And let's not even think about that in terms of politics. Let's just look at the reality of it. Is if you're given a you know a loan that can turn into a grant for twenty five or fifty grand. Uh, remember, a grant is something you don't have to pay back. Again, if you qualify, we're certainly not experts on this. And when we uh, round the bend uh, and we determine and we learn what the new program is going to be, we'll tell you and we'll give you guys the link so you can go research it yourself. But if it's like last time, it's going to be pretty straightforward. And you're going to be able to get a PPP loan and you're going to you know follow the rules and that loan will turn into a grant and you won't have to pay the money back. And if you have the opportunity to do the same now, headed into the end of the year, where there are a lot of uncertainties, you know, we're optimists and maybe there won't be a, you know, a resurgence of the plague, right? Maybe there will be. Who knows? Nobody knows what the beginning of next year is. So if you qualify for the, the grant or the loan that might become a grant, you probably should take it. Uh, so let's let's talk about that when we actually have the actual framework of PPP round two, um, which hopefully will happen this week. In the meantime, if you guys need us for anything, you can always text me at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. And thank you guys for continuing to make this number one Listen to Daily podcast in the nation. We are being listened to now in 54 different countries, which is fantastic. So we're setting our um, sites to be the number one Listen to global uh, podcast for real estate professionals. And uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to be of service to all of you. Julie was reading directly from our best-selling book, which we did see in some bookstores and airports, uh, Harris Rules. If you've not purchased your copy of Harris Rules, this is a perfect time to do it. It's also available on Audible. Um, and uh, it's, you know, obviously Amazon's going to be your best source for the book, so you don't have to go to a bookstore. Uh, I think it's like 11 or $12, something like that, so you don't have an excuse not to get it. And Harris Rules was written to be your complete A to Z solution for building and scaling a profitable real estate business. It's not a trendy book that's going to talk about trendy things like TikTok and all the rest of it. It's an actual business building foundational book that all of you should consider having in your library or you know, in your iPod or whatnot when you're listening to it because it's an audible book as well. Um, and like I said, if you guys need me for anything, 512-758-0206. In the meantime, have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.